Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. We are your hosts, Andrew Jarrett and Nick Cooper. Today, we're joined by Brent Bowers. Brent is an investor and coach with a focus on buying and selling vacant land. As an Army officer with over eight years of service, Brent was spending a great deal of time away from his family, and he knew he needed to make some changes to be more present with his wife and children. In a short period of time, Brent was able to expand his business, hire a team, and most importantly, spend quality time with his family while still working hard and helping others. While Brent invests in many different types of real estate, his favorite investment strategy deals with buying and selling vacant land, and he enjoys sharing his expertise in this area with his coaching clients. Brent chooses to live his life based on Bob Berg's quote, your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. He is passionate about helping other people find success in real estate investing, particularly land investments. Brent, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so hopefully I can place your audience interest first today and show them how they can go and do a land deal today. Um, so I'm excited to be on here and I love the, uh, awesome. the name of your show, the passive road to retirement. Um, <laughs> thank because you, thank you. It's really cool. Awesome. That's where it is. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, why do you love land? Oh, uh, so why do I love land? Um, because I'll tell you the, usually when my land buyers call, because I do a lot of seller financing. I sell a lot of this stuff on okay. seller finance. They, they're calling to pay more, usually. My tenants for my houses and our apartments, they're usually calling because something's broke and they don't want to pay. So it's so reverse opposite. Um, and I can sit here and rattle a whole list of things off. But, you know, I think, um, you know, land is just kind of the forgotten about real estate avenue. A lot of, a lot of people don't say, hey, I'm going to start investing in land. Um, no, it's, you know, the HGTVs make the houses look sexy. Um, but, but and I'm one of those people, like I never thought about investing land. I drove by land every single day and never looked twice at it because there was no ugly house on it to buy or get it under contract and assign my contract or, or a mobile home park to, you know, buy and rent out or, you know, RV park. I just drove right by the land because I never understood a way to make money until I heard about a guy that was just buying this stuff at super cheap discounts hmm. and flipping it overnight and making money. And I was like, that's my kind of thing. I don't want to have to hold these houses for 90 days and renovate them. And I had like eight or nine doors at the time. And um, it was kind of a sinking ship. And uh, it's just like houses are like apples. Once they hit the ground, they, they start rotting. Um, <laughs> and it's like, there was always something I had to fix on every single house. And, and I was getting like two or $300 a month passive income on every one of my doors. And I thought I was doing really good. So I started accumulating more doors, more doors, more doors. And at the end of the year, I always lost money. And mm -hmm. that looks great if you're trying to save money on taxes. But I was trying to leave the army. I was trying to leave right. the military and live off of that. Like kind of like retire one day. I had no clue how I was going to ever retire. Uh, not that I was really thinking about it at the time. I just wanted to live off the money. <laughs> um, so that's kind of why I stumbled on land and why I love land. There's so many more reasons, but, uh, I'm sure there's, you got more questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great points. Now, do you entitle the land or anything like that? Or you just put on a contract and then resell it or how, you know, how do you do that? Definitely yeah. the latter. I keep it so simple. 
I've okay. done a couple land deals where we did the entitlements. We we subdivided it. We got the engineer studies and the wetland studies and um, and then another one where we're putting roads and gutters and another one where we're actually building on it. That's hard work. I leave that for the people way smarter with way more money and way more time. I like to just get the discount and sell it to that person that wants to entitle. I was just looking before we got on this podcast at uh, 17 lots on a lake um, in, in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be the guy that goes in there and builds the road. No right. way. I'm going <laughs> to sell it to that guy because he's, you know, they've got engineering degrees and all this developer knowledge. I'm just the guy that gets it for a discount and sells it for a little bit more. Uh, that's that's simple for me. And, and I like it. So I guess what do you see with this land that other people don't see? Mm-hmm. Well, you can do I- this. I see one an opportunity because, and I'm an opportunist. I right. uh, my first real estate um, uh, attorney told someone that Brent's an opportunist, and I didn't know what that meant, but now I understand it. I love to get in contact with landowners that have land that people want, and I send them very specific offer letters, a purchase agreement that they can sign and send it back. And all of my offer letters are at a maximum discount. Sometimes it's less than 50 cents on the dollar. Sometimes it's less than 60 cents on the dollar, depending on where it's at. But most of the time, I just build in my fee that I want to make, which is usually 10 grand. And then I figure for closing costs and, and uh, you know realtor fees to help me sell it. And then I just back up from there. And I see the opportunity. If they sign that thing, 99 out of 100 are not going to. But that one person is all it takes to make $10,000. Yep. I just got to send, you know, like a thousand letters. So I spend $800 to make, make 10,000. And if, and I try and do that as many times as possible. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll buy it and sell it and make way more than 10,000, but that's risky. Like that's riskier to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential? Join us at level up REI coaching and take your life and business to all new levels. Send an email to nick at leveluprecoach.com. That's nick, N-I-C, at leveluprecoach.com. No, I mean, I think it's it's like if you someone told you you send out a thousand letters and you'll get 10 deals, make a hundred grand, you'd be writing those letters 24 hours a day. You know, <laughs> That's so true. I we, With my students in the Landsharks community, some yeah. of them have it figured out. One of my students, uh, I think it was Ross that was telling me this, he said, for every letter I send, I make $8 and 60, 67 cents. It's a good way to do it. To that changes it or, the game. Yeah, monetize mm-hmm. it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it does. Think of that way. If the phone call you make is, you know, 30, 50 bucks. You know? That's so true. Yeah. If, if, if somebody that your audience is maybe cold callers, you know, and it takes 20 no's, 20 yeah. actual no's to get one solid deal, whether it's mobile home parks or or apartment complexes or houses. Okay, well, let's hurry up and get 19 of them. And it might take, you know, 150 phone calls. All right, well, I can do 150 phone calls in three and a half hours. So let's do it. Like, you know, remember the pursuit of happiness where Will Smith did not hang up the yeah. phone or drink right. water yep. because that shaved like a couple seconds off. Like, how quick can we get those 19 no's today? Great point. Now, how competitive is land investment versus like residential or, you know, multifamily commercial investing? 
you know, how many people have you had on your podcast that talks about land? I guess is the is uh exactly. now you're the first, the first you're one. the first one. <laughs> how many episodes do you guys have? You got a you got a niche to get rich there, Brent, it seems. <laughs> There's not a lot of competition. There is. Um, yeah. I'm kind of creating the competition, I believe. But here's what's really cool. Those 17 lots that I'm looking at in Tampa, that did not come from me. That came from one of my students that said, hey, can you help fund this? Do you have a, Do you have 1.5 million? I said, not on me right now, but I, I know people that would love to invest and you know yes. make, it, make a return on their investment. So a lot of this I'm not doing with my own money. And I didn't start there. You know, I started with a $285 parcel of land that I was mailing the tax delinquent list. Um, and I sold, I flipped it to a realtor the next day for five grand. And I just kept rolling that and rolling that and just being consistent with it. Hmm. That's great. No, that's cool. I think Brent, so for me, I'm also, you know, retired military or, or prior military. Did you do this before you got out and kind of transition this or something you found out on the, on your way out? No, I, I did this to get out. Yes. <laughs> um, so, man, my first uh, enlistment for four years, I might have been home about one of those years. I, I Sounds familiar. Yeah. Basic <laughs> AIT and then shipped me off to Germany, me and my wife and my dog. And I was there three months and I was on a one year, a 364 day deployment or 361 days. I think it worked out to minus the R&R. Yep. And then I was home for one year and then back for another year. And my first life, my first wife got tired of that. And she's like, I'm out of here, man. Um, on my second deployment, I was absolutely devastated. Well, the army pulls me out of Afghanistan on my second deployment because I had been putting in for applications for the active duty green to gold program. It's because I wanted to be an army officer. I was like yeah. looking up to those guys and they pull me out to go to school and I jump back into real estate about 2013. I buy the house next to the college and I start house hacking. Um, but I met a new lady, you know, I'm still married to her today. Thank God with, with three kids, but I had history. I felt like history is going to repeat itself with me because once again, we go to Fort Carson, Colorado in 2015, me, my new wife, um, we're pregnant and, uh, things were happening fast. And now I'm gearing up for the third combat deployment and I am like fearful like, because there's two motivators, I think, towards pleasure or away from pain. Right. I am exactly. highly motivated to get away from pain. So I was like, my my wife's going to leave me. And now I have a kid involved. So I started figuring out ways to get out of the military. And it was by buying and selling vacant raw land, by by picking a playground, picking a market. And I can explain how the whole process where I, I buy this land and sell it. Um, but that's kind of the story behind it. No, I love it. I love it. I think that's the same as me. It's like, I'm here at my house, you know, almost noon. I had my wife and I had lunch together. Oh, you know, that amazing. never would have happened. I think it's the same for you. So congratulations on not, I wouldn't say getting out, but as far as freeing yourself to do what you, you know, have that time freedom. So if you can expand a bit on like how you did that and how you yeah. do what you do. And let me just tell you, Nick, this is probably the, Oh my goodness. So I got out of the military in 2018 and I thought right. I had this in co-working spaces. And then I bought an office building and I used to drive one hour, one way. And then a two hour round trip to go to work and come home. And I finally started working from home when I moved to Florida because I had this extra room 
and it is like the best kept yes. secret. Like me and my <laughs> wife have lunch together. We have date days together. You know, we could like schedule time for just me and her, not kids. Oh man. It's like, like, I cannot believe I was spending two hours round trip driving every single day, five days a week. That's 10 hours a week. Yep. That was stupid. But uh, you, you spend more time with your coworkers or in your car than you do with your family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm home when my kids get home at four. So from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. that I hustle like I work like crazy because I have a goal to be done by four when my kids walk in because they're not going to let me keep working. They're like, <laughs> play with me, play with me, play with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, Nick, you asked, what was the process to get to this point? Yes. All right. So. 2016, I heard that podcast. I heard about the guy investing in land. Um, the first thing I did was I sent a postcard and I can share that postcard for your audience. Um, but it was super simple. It was, hey, my name's Brent. I'd like to buy your land and you know, on Wichita Street, because none of this stuff had had addresses. And this was the tax delinquent list. So these people were not paying their back taxes. Mm -hmm. And it was even worse on another list that I mailed. It was a county held tax lien list. And this was land that was just so garbage. It was like uh, not buildable, not accessible, landlocked, or too small to build on. And these people received my letter. And tax lien investors were not even paying the back taxes in this land because it was just not good land. Well, they received my letter, that postcard I just read, and they my phone started ringing. And I would get this stuff on the contract for like 300 bucks, 500 bucks, $285. And I would just take that contract <clears throat> and I would either assign my contract to someone that wanted to pay me a little bit more, or I would buy it and throw it on the, uh, on Craigslist or Facebook. And I would get a down payment large enough to get my money out of the deal, $500 down, $400 a month. And before I knew it, nine months into that, I had uh, roughly $9,000 a month and payments coming in. And that was all from the tax. Well delinquent. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a tax delinquent list. And then I started expanding that though, because I ran out of those records really quickly. So how did I do that? Um, I don't, I'm sure you guys have a, a, a link to prop stream where someone can get a free trial, but I would go on prop stream and I didn't just blindly go on prop stream, but I would go and fit. Cause I had to start expanding. Now I had yeah. kind of outgrown my little pond and I started looking where the land was selling at. Where is land selling? Because it's way easier to figure out what something's worth when you see others selling like kind, like same size mm -hmm. within the same area. And I would click on each one of them. 30 days. I would only go back like 30 days. And then I would write down three things. And if you're really savvy, you'll use Excel and like a Word document. But I would write down what the land sold for and how many square feet. Or if it was acres, I would write down what the land sold for and how many acres. And then I would also copy and paste who it was listed by and who it was sold by. And I'm using like Redfin Zillow, free stuff. Yeah. Anybody can use this. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're in a non-disclosure state and it's something where they don't show, show the price that it sold for, then get with a real estate agent. Um, that's what I would recommend for that. So I would know, okay, where's the land selling? what size parcels in the most demand. So five of them sold that are half acre and the rest of them were like one acre, three acre. I would know the most in demand was a half acre. And I would go for that list first where my competition or where a lot of people like female out of state and 10 years ownership. I don't care about that. I'm just wanting to mail the people that own those half acre parcels because what if they inherited it three months ago? Right, right. So that's the process. And then I'll send, I've kind of 
change from the postcard to an offer letter where I'll send them an exact offer at like 50 cents on the dollar or that breakdown that I told you where I'll back back it up from, you know, I want to make 10 grand. The realtor needs to make this. And uh, that's how I send the offer letters out. They come back signed. They'll <laughs> fax it back to me. I use like myfax.com. It's $9 a month or they'll email it or they'll, they'll put it in the mail. And then I'll take that purchase agreement and I'll I have three choices. I can assign that contract by finding someone that's willing to pay me more. I can buy it and flip it on the MLS or it doesn't even have to be on the MLS or I can buy it and then find someone that wants to make me payments. And yeah. that's what I love the most because that's what gave me those, those in that income. Mm-hmm. Yep. Passive income. Dang. Love it. What, uh, that was, those are great tips, by the way. Do you have maybe, you know, one or two tips for somebody, maybe they're a new investor just starting out what they could do to, to get in the land game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mentioned I'll, I'll give that postcard and the land offer letter. Um, but do you guys have like a, um, a link to where someone could start pulling this list on, on uh, uh, PropStream? We don't use PropStream. No. Oh, what do we you use? We use CoStar. CoStar. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. the, obviously you guys are more in the commercial stuff. So um, yeah, as far as the tips, how to get started right away, um, you know, get a list of landowners that are, you know, possibly motivated to sell to you. And that could be the tax delinquent list. So call the county. County treasurer, some some states call it the county treasurer, some states call it the tax collector. And you want okay. a list of, of people that are not paying their taxes on their, their houses or their land or multifamily. Um, mm -hmm. And in my case, I would just scrub out the, the vacant raw land. How do you know if it's vacant raw land? Well, if you go on the assessor site, you can, you can look at them onesie twosie and uh, figure out what percentage is improved or what dollar amount is improved. If it's zero, that means it's vacant raw land. And you want to send that person uh, either the land offer letter with the specific offer or the postcard if you just want to get your phone number ringing. And um, you can get that postcard at thelandsharks.com forward slash postcard. And that's the card cool. I used to buy millions of dollars worth of land. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's awesome. Now, do you do the same thing to find the buyers? Kind of scroll through lists to get them? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a reverse opposite for buyers. Now, granted, I'm a little bit on the guerrilla marketing side. So when I get a, a land deal, sometimes we get it under contract for 90 days. Okay. We'll have a ni 90 days basically to find someone that will pay us more. We'll put it on Craigslist. We'll put it on Facebook, buy, sell groups, Facebook marketplace. We'll talk to the realtors huh. in the area. Yeah. So remember I talked about copying and pasting um, the realtor that's selling the land. Eventually, you're going to see a pattern. You're going to see like Sam Smith keeps popping up. Well, Sam Smith is who I'm going to call and say, hey, man, do you have any buyers for this? No. Okay. Well, you know, what could you sell it for? What's the blowout price? Because I want to know if I buy it, I want to have a, an asset that's going to be absolutely guaranteed to make me money. And if your audience or someone's listening to this thinking, well, I don't have money. Well, there's plenty of people out there that do have the money to, to help you buy these, mm -hmm. you know, there's hard money lenders out there that will lend when you get an asset under contract for less than 50 cents on the dollar, there's people out there that will team up with you and, and do these deals. Um, and what's really cool is like, we sell a lot of Florida land to people in like Chicago and Wisconsin and Michigan yeah. when it's snowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, Makes sense. It's similar with so, you know, multifamily too. Yeah. You know, there's a list of brokers that, you know, short list of brokers that sell the most multifamily. There you go. 
There you go. And so Brent, what could, what could go wrong with it? Like what's kind of the pitfalls? Like say you buy something <laughs> and like, Oh man, did I buy a, a turd or a, or, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, there's been a couple of those sleepless nights. Um, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? So uh, <laughs> I was in the military still, and I got a little bit uh, arrogant with it. You know, I got a little cocky because I was like, oh my God, everything I touch turns to gold. I can <laughs> sell any parcel of land. So I just started buying the stuff sight unseen. And I forgot my, you know, background, like, okay, you need to do a title search. Yeah. You need to make sure and call like the power company, even if there's no electric on it. Because there could be a, a you know electric meter or a water tap that they're charging twenty five dollars a month for that no one's ever paid, or the city could have uh, f- like fines and liens on the property. So little things like that. I did buy a crater in the ground one time. Um, I bought another parcel that had a hundred and fifty seven thousand dollar IRS tax lien on it. Um, oh. All of this got worked out, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it was like things I wish I would have known going into it, and it was just because I rushed the process. I didn't have a standard operating procedure or a checklist. Um, I wasn't run running title search on some of these because some of these I was buying for like a hundred bucks. Now, why would I need a title search on that? <laughs> it's like free land, right? I've literally bought land, or I've get I've been given land probably five or six times now. But you still need to tech check the title because you don't want to inherit someone else's problems. Um, I've bought land for a pack of Paps Blue Ribbon one time, um, you know, things like that. But uh, those are some of the pitfalls. Um, and I'll tell you, a lot of it is, uh, you know, you can erase mistakes by offering seller financing. Um, there's been one where I had to just seller finance it for like two years at 0% financing just so I can get my money back out of it. Um, little things like that. Get creative. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Do you have any you asked uh, Andrew about what's it? What you asked say? about the list. Yeah, there's there's another way to look at. I I love using batch leads. Batch um, leads. Okay. The, yeah. Um. To see the cash buyers in an area who has bought in like the last three months for cash. Mm. And they own more than one parcel and they're like the LLC. You can look up their phone numbers on batch leads and call those people like, hey, I just noticed that you bought a couple of lots down the street. Well, I have 17 of them. Uh, what do you think about these? Would you be interested right. in buying them? And what would you pay? Like, you know, what, what's your price range? Hmm. Is that a is that a free service or a paid subscription? Or no, how- it's paid. Um, <laughs> it's uh it is a paid subscription, but it's just like, you know, it's like turning your investing business on steroids because I can call 15 people and get a parcel of land sold. Like what it used to take me weeks to do, you know, on mm-hmm. Craigslist sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Compress your, uh, your calls, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. You mentioned as far as in the military, you know, having like an SOP or standard operating procedures. And when you go off that list is where you make mistakes uh, do you have like a, an entire like checklist that you go through now? Like, like religiously? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, and I, I'll give it to your audience, the awesome. forward slash D D as in due diligence or Delta due Delta. diligence. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <one. Yeah. laughs> That's great. What, uh, what habits do you have daily? If any, that, you know, help keep you on, you know, discipline track to success and, and really keep you motivated and grounded. Yeah, every day after I drop my children off, 
Um, either me and my wife will do it together or I'll do it by myself. My truck automatically drives to the gym. I have my old my old gym buddies because the people that are working out in the gym at nine o'clock in the morning are usually the the retired guys, yeah. uh, which by the way they have a lot of money. Um, one, of my, <laughs> one of my friends walked in today. He goes, "Gosh, doesn't anybody work anymore?" Because <laughs> it was so many people. But uh, that's one of my many habits, and I really enjoy it. I almost skipped it this morning because I had another meeting um, at ten a.m. and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that because this is my me time. I used to all Nick, you probably can relate to this. Yeah. I would skip that that uh that workout time in the morning a lot of times because I would have a deadline for something, but that was the only time in the military that was actually for me. Physical fitness. Um so that's one of my habits. Um I try and read 10 pages a day in a nice. book. And it's usually a business book or something I'm working on. Um right now the book is Stories That Stick. It was given to me the other day um, by Matt Andrews. Uh, he gave me the book. He didn't write the book, um, um, but just so those are a couple habits. Nice. Nice. That's yeah, I agree. We always ask about the book and you already went into that. So thanks for, for taking that one. <laughs> yeah. Leaders, readers, you know, it's, yeah. I'm telling you, it's like when I, I'm feeling dull, I'll pick up a book that's, I'm actually reading multiple books at one time and I, I hate that actually. I feel like I should just focus on one, but I don't think entrepreneurs or visionaries ever focus. Um, I don't think because people, I don't think anybody could handle it. You know, it'd be like a laser cutting through steel. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, sometimes when I'm just feeling like at a loss or low energy or uh, no ideas, I just got to pick up a couple pages and I'm like, oh my God, it's brilliant. Yep, that's good. I think I read that one, Kendra Hall. It's yes, pretty good. Yes, there you go. I could not think of her I was name. trying to have the name here. And it's really, I read that about three years ago. It really helps you, especially in person. Because you have, in the military, you always have to have, who's the guy who wants to be around? People can tell the stories, yeah. you know? So you start to have that gift of gab. And it's definitely, that was, it's a pretty good book. Man, I thought it just came out. See, I didn't realize it was a couple of years old. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get caught up. That's yeah. oh, all good. There's so many out there. Brent, if you could go back to your 18, 19 year old self, what would you tell him? Hmm. You know, <laughs> buy more real estate, you yeah. know, keep more of it. Don't sell as much of it. Yeah. Don't, don't sell this property, this property or this property. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, read books, you know, read more books sooner because I, I haven't always read, you know, if you can, my, I, I, I'm taking this from one of my mentors. I saw him write this the other day. He goes, if you can read stop signs and, and street signs, then there's no excuse why you're not reading. Um, mm. So read sooner, save more money, implement profit first. Holy cow. Profit first system by Mike McCallowitz. Just put something away because I'm one of those guys where I'm like, it's almost like a gambling addiction. I make $10,000. I'll throw the whole 10,000 at marketing this yes. month. Not smart. Like now that I've been in business for, for several years and and seen millions and millions and millions of dollars go through my bank account, I should have been pulling out a percentage of this. Now, we, we got good at tithing, but I wasn't keeping anything for the profit account, you know, paying right. yourself first. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean making a hundred grand and then paying all your people and all your vendors and, and then putting money in your account. No, that's making a hundred grand, pulling that amount out, then paying everybody else. And if there's not enough, 
you'll figure out how to make more type thing and being strict with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's great. It's a great idea. What's a common with it? <laughs> What's a common myth in you know land sales or you know flipping pieces of land that you want to debunk? Oh, common myth. Um, you know what? I would say here's another myth. Um, and this probably doesn't help the person that's just trying to get started that just wants to make their first 10 grand or 20 grand or get their first um, you know, syndication or apartment complex. But you know, there's a lot of people out there that move a lot of money through their bank accounts that they could be dead broke, flat broke. And you got to be careful out there who you're following, these big guys that are just, you know, their main thing is coaching. You know, find the people that are actually doing the business. And their content is around that authentic auth authenticity. It's not just fluff. Hey, uh, I'm hanging out on the beach again for the third week in a row. Right. Like, okay, yeah, you can you can brag all you want, but what benefit is that giving me? Because I'm the guy crying because I know I'm going to leave my family again for another nine months. Yep. Like, how do you, how can you help me right now? Like, how like tell me the exact steps I need to to be able to maybe bring my family to that beach uh, type thing. So just beware. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great advice. Do you have any time for the five, five to thrive, Andy? Or we, uh... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So what's the best way for somebody to contact you and reach out? Yeah. If, if you just want to get in touch, um, go to my Instagram or and hit me up, Brent L. Bowers. You know what? I just started TikTok. Uh, follow me at <laughs> Brent L Bowers one. I, I give advice every day on TikTok, practical advice on how to do land deals. Um, that's awesome. probably the fastest way. Awesome. Great. And then one last question before we get into our five to thrive. I love to ask this one. If you could step in our shoes for the podcast and interview you, what question would you ask yourself that we didn't ask you? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, what is the best land deal I've ever done? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a hard one. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, I'll say the one that just paid off. Remember I talked about that $157,000 IRS tax lien? Yes. That, I breezed over that, but that destroyed me. Like I got so freaking scared. I was like, I almost quit the business wow. because I had done multiple deals at that time. I had had, had houses and doors and a, 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 a multifamily um, and I went through so much to get this piece of land. I got the, the deed for it and I never, ever recorded it in my name. And the poor lady kept calling me and I was afraid to take her calls because the fear of unknown. Um, and I got that corporation back in state. I had to pay like hundreds of dollars for that because her husband passed away. He was a builder in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, lo and behold, I, I called enough title companies. I reached out to enough people that were doing deals and I finally paid a guy to, to coach me one-on-one -on -one in his land business, what he was doing. And he said, Brent, just try again. Those things fall off. And it was the best advice. I went to the title company and said, figure out how to get this title cleaned up. And they did. It cost like nine grand. And I sold that land for 35,000. And those people paid me um, a $5,000 down payment. I found the buyer on Craigslist and I just texted them yesterday, husband and wife, congratulations on paying off your land. They've been awesome. paying me $534 a month since 2016. And that right now is my absolute favorite land deal because those people trusted me too. 
and we got it done. It, it worked so many ways. The seller trusted me, the buyer trusted me, my title agent, I hired the coach. So like God directed my path for that one. So, and there's been so many of them. It's hard to think about them anymore. That's awesome. That's a good story. It's quite the win. It's quite the win. Yeah. Winning. Yes. That's why I got yeah. the victory bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, we'll get into our five to thrive. So this is a word association game. So I'll rattle off five words, rapid fire, and just give me the first word or phrase that comes to mind, but you cannot use the same answer twice. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. First one, legacy wealth. Lots of real estate owns when I pass All away. Right. <laughs> Money. Just a tool and it's not even real. True that. Yep. Success. Okay. Success is my parents. This past weekend, they have a house in 21 acres. My parents have worked their butts off for it. And they had four out of five of their grandchildren running around camping this weekend, uh, out in the woods with their friends. That's success in my eyes. That's awesome. Passive income monthly land payments coming in four <laughs> to five times a day for four to five parcels paying you. Yep. And the last one, the land sharks, the land sharks making legacy wealth for other people besides me, because we do deals together and it's everything I wanted when I was first getting started that I didn't know I needed. Awesome. No, that's a great answer. Brent, it was awesome having you on. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank Thanks, you Brent. very much, guys.